0: Father in heaven, we ask, Lord, for a blessing, and, and we thank you, Lord, for that song that was put together and the words that were in it. And we pray, Lord, for um, our brother Russell, Lord, as he leads out into the worship and sharing the message. We pray, Lord, that we may be responsive to that call. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen, Russell. You're on. Thank you, Elder Dominic. It's been a while I've been here, but just want to thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Danielle, for for the invitation. And it's been, I mean, I've seen, I've mentioned earlier, I've seen some of your videos on your channel and it's been really nice to see the new front of the church. And I was like, oh, that looks so good. And all the different videos have been coming out. And that's really good. You guys have been doing an excellent work there. So just want to, I've not got a chance to actually come to, to Concord. But, uh, yeah, look forward to it if, when, hopefully when, not if, when, uh, when things get back to, to well, I don't know what normal, but at least things open up. Um, but, um, yeah, it's it's been nice to see some of your programs and things. Uh, the last one, I think, uh, Dr., uh, Pastor, uh, what's his name? Pastor Sam Braga had done the health ones. That was pretty good, too. So in, uh, just encouraged by watching some of those. So just, yeah, just grateful to the work that you guys are doing there and putting stuff online. So yeah, thank you for, for that. Thank you again for the invitation. It's been a while. Um, I hope to come and see your new kitchen, I guess, and stuff like that. So uh, it would be nice to have some food together as well. Um, look, um, I I don't know how you normally do it. We've been having church as well, just on Zoom, just like everybody else, I guess. And um, if you uh, normally we be saying and we all kinds of things, and I guess all the churches are doing differently. I'm happy to. To get into the message. Today, what we were, uh, what I was thinking of sharing was, uh, was the one thing, the one thing that um, we need, uh, you know, because of all the things that are happening today, all the uh, all the protests that are going in down in, in Melbourne, earthquake over there, uh, things in Afghanistan, things everywhere. We, are, we just know that we are living in difficult times to say the least. And, and because we are living in those times, uh, I think we have lots of preparations to do. Um, but the first one and the, the most important one, if that one is not done, the rest of them don't matter. Um, and so uh, I I've just thought that maybe we need to just spend some time in looking at the story of uh, a story that is well known, a story that all of us have read before. Uh, probably you have lots of different insights in that passage of scripture but just uh just because we want to get on the same page i just want us to again turn to that passage of scripture it's found in in matthew chapter 19 also in luke chapter 18 and in mark chapter 10. Matthew chapter 19 is anyone could anyone guess which story i'm looking to as i'm just a wild guess for me but please please unmute yourself feel free to do that and i just it would be nice to have a, a discussion uh kind of a discussion and and yeah, and as we go through this time together is that okay you have my permission to to unmute yourself and and share things as we go um, not that i need to give you permission but yes okay um any any guesses where we are going which story we are looking into is it the
0: rich? who the was rich, that the rich young ruler
1: yes 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 very yeah, good is that one Yes, that's the one. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes is very good, Elder Dominic, and yeah, a few a few others as well. Okay. I've been sharing the same. Excellent. Yeah, you guys are on to it. So you'll probably be able to to share this message or, or share the principles in the scripture a lot more than I am. But I just want us to spend some time together and just look at it. Just because we know what's happening. Uh, you all know... The things with, with coercion and all kinds of things. I'm pretty sure that that's in the mind, that's on our, our hearts and our minds, and we're worried and we're not sure what's going to happen and what about after lockdown? What's going to what's going to what's the next thing? And you know, with passports being given here, left, right, and center, all kinds of things. So we know what's ahead of us, and um, and I just I guess I guess this is something that we need to just spend some time so that we are prepared uh, for what's ahead of us. L- lots of things that need to be done. But the first thing, and then which will which will have a domino effect on everything else. And I believe it's this one. So as we go into this one, uh, I just, again, I'll just ask for the Lord to be with us, if that's okay. Just a, just a short one, and then we'll get into it. Father, thank you so much that you are our God. And thank you that uh, you lead us all the way along, as we just sang. And so we are grateful, Lord, in the good times, uh, in, in the mountains, and in the valleys. You are with us, you lead us, you don't forsake us, and you're willing to walk with us. Thank you for being that kind of God. Thank you that you are our good shepherd. And Father, as we just spend some time in your word, just speak to us, please, in a special way. Um, may, it be a re- um, may these messages, this truth that you want to share, be a reality in our life. Uh, again, I just thank you for the opportunity to be with, with the Conquer Church and pray you bless each of them um, as they spend time with you, as we are in different places right now. Thank you for the opportunity to worship together, and as we um, look into your word, we send we ask for your spirit to be our teacher, to be our guide. Send your angels to Lord wherever we are, that we may we may hear your voice clearly. Thank you for hearing our prayer. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So you, I, I please, I would encourage you to un- unmute yourself. That would be excellent, and. Uh, I'd just like to hear your thoughts as we go along. Set this up here a little bit. Okay, Matthew chapter 19. We all there. So we, we look at a couple of passages. We look at that one and then we go to First Kings and come back again. So let's go to Matthew chapter 19. And uh, this is where we start. We start in verse 16. Um, just before this story begins, Uh, As we are reading, as you have read before as well, Jesus was just blessing the children. Uh, The mothers brought their children to him. The disciples were a bit uh, rough with them. He was like, why are you wasting our master's time? He said, let them come. He was blessing them. The rich young ruler sees this from the distance. He sees it. He sees the love that Jesus has for these young little children. And he, he carries them in his own arms. He tenderly blesses them. And he wanted the blessing himself. He wanted something for himself. Surely there would be something that this this Jesus, this teacher would be able to to give him to. And so that's why he comes and the Bible says he comes running. Um, I I don't think it says it here, but it does say it in in Luke and in in the parallel passage in Mark as well. And so this is where he says, uh, it says to him verse 16 in Matthew chapter 19, it says, behold, one came and said to him, good master, what good thing, shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Um, We'll come back to that question again, because that's an important question. But Jesus answers him and he he puts, uh, he he asks, answers him with another question. this is his question. Jesus says, "Um, um, why do you call me good? Verse 17, there is none good, but one, that is God. But if you will enter the into life, keep the commandments. The answer that Jesus gives him was a, a question. And the question is, why are you calling me good? Um, and we know we know. sometimes people say to us from different religions, different backgrounds, they say, look, Jesus is not God. And that's why he said nobody is good. But... We what is the reason? What is the real reason that Jesus is asking him that question? I know you know the answer. And I just want us for, for those who may not know, what is what's the real reason that Jesus is asking that question or saying that you, no one is good but God? What was he trying to get at to the to the rich young ruler? What was he trying to get from him? Can anyone would anyone like to share?
0: I think he's trying to get him to think heaven would like, you know put his eyes upon heaven and upon God,
1: not so much what he can do for salvation, what he he can do, but more of what God does for him. Thank you, Danny. Um, a- any thoughts? Uh, that's the second part of that question. And what about the first part where, he, where Jesus says about no one is good, but God alone? What about that part? What was Jesus trying to get at with the rich young ruler? What, does anyone have any thoughts on that? My thoughts
0: are... Is- um- my thoughts are that uh, he probably thought that he was a very good man with all his works and with what he did, his charity and all the rest of it, keeping all the commandments. And Jesus is sort of flipping it over, saying, well, no one is good except the Father.
1: Okay, excellent. Thank you. Yes, very good. Any other thoughts? Thank I you. think um, Jesus wanted uh, the rich young
0: ruler to acknowledge the fact that Jesus was God.
1: And so he wanted, yeah. And so he wanted excellent. Thank you. Is that Paul? Yeah. And I think Jesus was trying to get to him, like, who are you talking to? Are you just talking to a, just a teacher, good master, just a master or teacher, or is this you see someone more in me? And I think Jesus was trying to get him to recognize that there's nobody good but God. There is a fact. And do you see that this is the Son of God standing here before you? Do you recognize him as such? And he was trying to get that from him. And, and of course, the other thing which we will, we, which uh, our brother John shared, and it's an excellent point, is, is the fact that who is really good? Sometimes we think we are good, and sometimes we use that in our in our everyday language as well. We use it like, you know, he's a good person, she's a nice lady, or something like that. And, and the fact of the matter is, well, there is so many good things, good qualities in in brothers and sisters in the church and even outside the church that we can emulate, that we can affirm, that we can bless and we can say that is a really good thing and a really wonderful thing. While there are many good things like that in lots of people, like I said, in the church, as well as outside the church. At the same time, we, we need to recognize that truly the one that who's truly good is only him is only him and anything good in us and anything good in anyone else whether they are in the church or not in the church is because of the truly one who is good and that's why paul says i am what i am because of the great i am is a paraphrase but i am what i am because of the grace that god has given me. you know what i am what paul said in first corinthians 15 and verse 10 he says whatever i am is because of him because of the great i am whatever good in us if there's anything good anything small whatever good is there even in the unbelievers is because of God's grace in their life. Whether they recognize it or they don't recognize it, it is a fact, yeah? It is still a fact. And so sometimes we use language very loosely, but again, Jesus is trying to get us to, to something higher. So first of all, is he the son of God? Is he God himself? You know, is that the person you're talking to? And the second thing as well, who is really good? What is really good? And then, uh, and I want you to think about this question, and this is a trick question. It could be a trick question. I don't want it to be a trick question, but just, we're just going to look at what the, the scripture says. Okay, Jesus asks this question. He says, uh, why do you call me good? And this is his answer to the first question. The first question is, uh, by the rich young rulers, good master, what shall I do to gain eternal life? Okay, the question is, what shall I do? And Jesus says, what is Jesus' answer? Since keep the commandments. We've already read it, already read it verse, eight, verse 17. What was his answer? Keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. Okay, I have, a, I have a problem. What would you and I say? If someone was to tell you, okay, how would I become a Christian? What would you say? How would I, how would I have eternal life? What would you say? Would you say keep the commandments? Hmm. Probably. Probably not. What would, you, what would we normally say? Uh,
0: believe in God, believe in Jesus, accept him. Except,
1: yeah. Yeah, except okay. Jesus, believe in him as the saviour. That is true, right? That's what we will all say. Is that wrong? No, definitely not wrong. But I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't say that to him. Not at least here. Not at least at this particular instant, this particular time in the story. Okay? Not at least here. And so I have a question for you. I have a question. Is Jesus a legalist? I think it's a good question. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Uh, Is Jesus a legalist? Because he's asking him, like, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he's saying, like, yeah, keep the commandments. (laughs) And we're going to see which commandments in a second, right? And we're coming there. But, like, is Jesus a legalist? No. No. I think so. And no. And so, explain, explain. What are your thoughts? Ah, But it looks so much like it. Like a Muslim may read it and say, yeah, look, just keep the commandments. Do, do these things and you'll be fine. Well, the commandments are there basically to uh, reveal our sin and our shortcomings. Sure. Yep, I agree, agree. Any other thoughts? If he was a legalist, he wouldn't
0: have gone out to the Samaritan. He wouldn't have gone out to the woman of the world. He wouldn't have gone <clears throat> out to anybody who was a non-Jew. So I don't think uh, he was not a Thank you, No.
1: You know, he's not a legalist, and thank you. Yes, we, we know he's not a legalist, and thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Jesus went out, and and that's actually the crux of the story as well, Like he would go to these people who, who have been on the outside, and he's Jesus was actually going to minister to them. So thank you.
0: I, he's, I guess he's actually answering in the way that the uh, rich young ruler expected him to answer, okay. which isn't correct, but he was going to, it was an entering sort of wedge for him to uh, move on to show him that by keeping the commandments, he couldn't keep the commandments anyway.
1: Okay. Thank you. you. Good good thought. And we are coming to that. Yeah. Any other thoughts as we, as we're spending some time on this passage? Uh, Okay. If no one is sharing anything, uh, let's just go to John. Uh, You don't have to go there. I can just tell you what happens over there. John chapter six, they ask him the same thing. what sign will you give us Uh, before they, before they say, what sign will you give us? Um, Jesus, uh, they ask him, why should we, what should we do that we will do the works of God? And then Jesus says in John chapter six, he says, this is what you need to do. Believe on the one whom he sent. It's interesting over there. Jesus says, believe on me." here. He's saying, keep the commandments. It's quite interesting. It's just interesting to, to understand what, you know, Jesus is, is not, is, is very wise. That's the least we can say right? he's very wise and the way he teaches is very wise as well. And so over there, they they were looking for, he had just uh, uh, used the five loaves and the two fish and he gave everyone something to eat. And then they came looking for him the next day and they found him on the other side of the lake and they said, where did you go all of this? And then he said, look, don't follow me just because you're getting something earthly. Follow me for for something greater than this. And then he said, said, what should we do? Should we do the works of God? Believe on me. That was how that came out. Over here, the answer is a little bit different. The the question that he phrases and he asks the rich young ruler, keep the commandments. And then the rich young ruler says to him in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 19 back there and says, which one should I keep? And Jesus says, you know the ones. Uh, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. The rich young ruler says, all these things, verse 20, I have kept from my youth up. Oh, what lack I yet? This, So he's been keeping his these commandments all the way as he was growing up. Yet there was something that maybe he felt he was lacking. There was something missing in his experience. And he felt that. he, exper- he And he wanted that something from Jesus, that blessing from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Jesus says to him, uh, if you will be perfect, verse 21, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me." And then when the rich young ruler, when the young man heard this, saying he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. And then Jesus says, truly, I say to you, a rich man, it is harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, And again, it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. So I have a few questions over here. First question is, um, to be saved, I'll I'll get the other way, I'll come the other way around. To be saved, do we know, do we need to sell everything we have? All Of us, so all of us need to go maybe to the live in the the forest somewhere in the bush somewhere, maybe in a monastery or I don't know. It'll, it'll be
0: nice, it'll be nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, Ross, be nice. Hey, Russell, can be nice. I
0: share something? I, I go, think go. he's given two options here okay. for salvation. One of them is, uh, the, from the two texts you've read, one of them is that he's, uh, he's to keep the commandments, and the other one is that they're to believe in Christ. One of them is impossible. One isn't. Hmm. So
1: you're
0: okay. given two options. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Okay. Good, 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 good thought. Good insight. Good insight. Um, and uh, we'll we'll look at it in, in a second as well. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um what was I asking again? What was the other question I had? Um, where was I? Do you have to sell everything? You're saying. Oh yeah, to leave, leave everything. Yeah, do you have to sell it? Yes, Let, let's go there first. So do we need to sell everything? Do we need to sell everything?
0: Uh, he doesn't have to sell everything, but he has to give away everything that he is. He has to okay. Okay. give himself away.
1: Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, good point. And and you know, we, I, I have verses there. Maybe we don't need to go through it. But sometimes, you know, people. Who are young people and all? They might read it and they think, oh, you know what? Do I need to sell everything to have salvation? To to have something that God wants to give us? And we can look at other examples. So Abraham in the Old Testament, Abraham was a rich person. He didn't sell everything that he had. He was blessing everybody that he had, but he didn't have to sell everything that he had. Uh, and so we have other people as well, like Joseph, like Daniel in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have Zacchaeus. He's the one who stole from other people, and he said, look, I give, I return back four times more than i so. But he didn't sell everything. He didn't give every everything, and Jesus never required it of him as well. And, and you will see many other passages in Scripture, like in Thessalonians and Ephesians, where it talks about you know uh, God is saying, you know, live a live a, live a quiet life, work, serve yourself, um, and work to provide for yourself. And he who does not work should not eat. So there is uh, uh, an emphasis on on working, on sustaining ourselves, on on using the. The material that we are using, like it's just been said, to bless other people as well. And so that is the normal way. Yeah, sometimes God calls us and there are people who, who leave everything and then follow ministry. And into ministry they go and they have nothing else, but that's what they do. And they earn a, a wage like that and they do something uh, for God's cause. And they everything else, they don't work any like a normal secular work. Not that there's anything less than that. Many times... Um, and you find this in the spirit of prophecy as well, many times it requires harder, uh, more grace from God to live a Christian in, the, in a normal working place than to be a minister. She says that, you know, it is, you need more grace, more of the spirit of God to live a Christian life just as a normal mechanic, as a normal whatever, whatever we are doing normally, we need more grace, more of the spirit to live a Christian life that way than to, leave, than to live as a as a missionary, she says that it's quite interesting, and, we, and that's what we do definitely need. and so I just wanted to put that to, to bed, so we don't have to sell everything. There are passages of scripture that look into that, that that share that with us. but let's go back to what Jesus says and now I just want us to pay attention to something a little different. sometimes we can and these are these are my thoughts, and as I've shared and studied God's word, these are this my thoughts, and maybe something for you to think about. but this is what I, what I've seen sometimes we we, uh, we think. Um, that keeping the commandments is is antithesis to having faith in God. This is what we normally think because we we can be saved by by legalism, by doing these things and we are saved, or by having faith. Having faith means I believe in Jesus and that's it. But here is where those two actually come together and we're going to look at it in a second. So uh, Jesus says, To him, which commandments, right? And Jesus, he asked the question, which commandments? And Jesus says, what are the commandments in verse 18 and 19? Have a look. What are the commandments that Jesus actually says over there uh, that he needs to be keeping? What are the commandments? Have a look. And how many are there? And, And if someone would like to share, that would be excellent because it's important as we are studying God's word. How many are there? Verse 18, verse 19 of chapter 19 of Matthew. Six. Uh yeah, go ahead. Can you enumerate them? Can you can you read them through? Let's let's go through. Let's go through. You shall not murder, you shall not commit okay. adultery. Mm-hmm. You, sh- you shall not steal. You, yep, shall, not, yep. you shall not bear false false witness. Thank you. Honor your father and your mother. Yep. And you shall love your neighbors yourself. So how many are there from the Ten Commandments? Five. Five. And then the last one, which 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 Josh just read was, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Remember, those were the two great commandments. Remember, what were the two great commandments? Matthew chapter 22, actually, you can go just a couple of pages uh, to the right. Uh, 22, yes, which is the two great commandments, Matthew chapter 22. Um verse 36 master which is the great commandment in the law if you are there jesus says verse 37 you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength i added sorry excuse me this is the first and great commandment verse 38 39 second is like this you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets so what jesus was saying the last one which you're saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, was enumerated or was amplified by those five commandments that we just read. Is that correct? Would that make sense? Would that be fair? That would be a fair thing to say. Yes. Josh read five. You should not kill, commit adultery, bear false witness, um, steal, and honor father and mother. Which is the one is missing? it. Do not covet. Yeah. It's interesting. it's so interesting that jesus left that out on purpose Mm. how interesting is that he 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 enumerated all of them does jesus know all the 10 commandments i'm sure he knows all the 10 commandments he's a little boy he would have memorized this straight as a kid all of the jews knew those 10 commandments he he gives him just five and he says love your neighbors you love yourself and and then the rich young ruler says oh yeah i've done all of this all my life He still didn't get it. He still missed that one. He still didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't didn't click in his head that, no, you know what? Hmm. Maybe I haven't. And that's why Jesus asks of him that treasure that idol. And then he says, go sell everything. If you will be perfect, go sell everything. And in, in another passage in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 21, Jesus, the Bible says this, he says, Jesus looked at him. And loved him. And he said, one thing you lack. Just one thing. And, and the, you know, when Jesus tells us stuff, when Jesus brings things to our mind, he looks at us with love. And he, he tells us what is that one thing that is lacking in our journey, in our experience. And that one thing can cost us everything. And that one thing he says to him, it was that one thing, right? What was that one thing? That one thing for him was his idol, his, his God was his position was his possessions. He, and that's why Jesus says, go sell all that you have, give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then the treasure, the real treasure, come follow me. That's the treasure. That's the thing that he missed. And, the, and then it says, the rich young ruler, he was weighing the question that Jesus put before him, the choice that was just before him. Now He's weighing it. Jesus is looking at him with love and he's pleading with him without saying anything, with his face, would have said everything. Make that choice. Make the choice that I want you to make. Sell everything. Come, follow me. Make that choice. And and then the Bible says, sadly, he goes away. He goes away because he had lots of possessions. His name was quite good amongst his community. And that's what he missed. You know, and I want you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians. I I want you to see this because sometimes we can think uh, we have checked the boxes you know sometimes we come to church, we come to church on the right day, we give tithe, we give offerings, we do this, we do that, I preach, I sing, I I don't know, I help the poor. Uh, but I just want us to, to look at Philippians, okay? I want us to go to Philippians chapter three. This is Paul. Paul mm-hmm. speaking and sharing his own experience. And he's saying in verse um if verse four, Philippians chapter three, verse four. This is what it says. Paul says, if any man thinks that he has something to boast, I even have so much more to boast. And verse five, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, da, 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 da he keeps going, keep going. But I want you to pay attention to the end of verse five. It says over there, as touching the law. On the outside, he is touching, he just touches. It doesn't come on the inside. He has done all those lists, all Pharisee of Pharisees, doing all of that so He's just barely touched the law. Just barely touched. It's not coming. The rich young ruler, exactly the same thing. On the outside, he was doing everything, but it has not come on the inside. Because the last one, the one which you keep to see, he missed it, and then he says, okay, this is it. You shall not cover it. Because if you really cared for other people, yeah, you would bless other people. Let me, and let me show you that from, from First Kings as well. First Kings chapter 8, this is, the, this is the story. I'd like you to go there and like you to see it for yourself. Uh, First Kings chapter 8, and, and this is what um, Solomon, when he was before the people... And as he was before the people, dedicating the temple to God, which he had just built, he was praying and he was thanking God for what he has—he has kept that God has kept His promise in building this temple because his father wanted to do it, but God's, but the Lord said no, your son will do it, and Solomon was able to do it, and now he's praising God. And then in his prayer, he talks about if there are, um, if if there is a drought, please listen to the people when they turn to this temple. If the people have been have been put away to different nations of their because of because you have punished them, if they turn back to this nation to this um, to this temple, please hear their prayer. And now, in verse thirty-eight, I want you to see what he says. First Kings chapter eight, verse thirty-eight. I want you to see his prayer as well. Okay, um, verse thirty-eight. It says, "When that prayer and that petition is made by man or by all the people of Israel, who shall know." every man of the, of what? The plague of his own heart. Did you see that in verse 38? This every man will see the plague of his own heart. And when he spreads his hand towards the house, then here in heaven, in your dwelling place, and forgive and do and give to every man according to his ways, for uh, whose heart you know, for you, only you, know the hearts of all the children of men the plague of the rich young ruler the plague spot in his character was his covetousness uh, and the bible says in colossians paul says covetousness is like idolatry yeah and all of these passages tell us one thing he didn't he didn't only break the the last six he also broke the first four because Covetousness is idolatry. do you shall not have any idols. Is the first of the four. Is the second of the four commandments, which is talking about the, the first commandment, the first great commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And and you can see over here, and even Solomon understands it, and he was sharing the, to the people. I mean, praying to God so that when the people understand the plague of their own heart, the day will see. Oh Lord, we have sinned against you. Please forgive us. Please heal us. And this was the point of this story to the rich young ruler. Because the rich young ruler thought he was keeping God's commandments. He thought he was, he was sincere. And you can read the story in, in the desired pages. And you will see that he was very sincere. But now Jesus showed him the plague of his, his character. The plague spot of his heart. What was missing? What was really the trouble? That's what was the problem for him. Again, he had asked him. We read this, and we we saw it. he had asked him sell everything you have. And we also noticed that look, we are not called to sell everything we have. Uh, he, it was for him that particular thing. But you know, as you read scripture, it, it does talk about you know living um, for for the good of other people. It does about yes, it does talk about work. It does talk about save. It talk about uh, you know supporting yourself, but also talks about blessing other people. And we know that, and we know that as we have read scripture throughout the years. But so one of the things that I'd like to share as well is maybe sometimes maybe we miss this thing. And I just wanted to share my screen. Thank you, Danny. I know I can share this. Let's see if this works. I want to share one. Can you see? Can you see my screen? Yes. Yep. Okay. Then yeah. I'm just going to just going to make it whole screen. And see what happens there. Is that a whole screen? Can you see? Can you see the whole of it? Okay. Happy Sabbath. I don't know if I said happy Sabbath, but happy Sabbath to you guys. But this is this is what I I I do want us to say. Like as we are thinking of as we're thinking of what is God expecting of his people as well now. Okay. Um I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to First Peter chapter 3 and verse 3. Let's go there. I, as we are turning there, I will put a slide up on the screen. But if you go to First Peter chapter 3 and verse... Um, yeah. First Peter chapter 3, if you are there, everybody is happy there. I am going to put something on the screen talking about living for God and living in this time and the plague spot of our heart. This is just one, but I'm just sharing. This is found from the book Ministry of Healing. Uh, the book uh, that Ellen White talks about, she she calls it the wisdom of the great physician. The wisdom of the great physician. There are lots of solutions in that book um, because it's the book of uh, of healing. Uh, it's the ministry of healing, healing the the all kinds of things, whether it be things in the home, whether it be our physical health, whether it be government stuff. It's quite interesting. Even there, there's stuff over there. So that's a lot of good stuff um, in that book. And so I just want to. Sh- to share this particular verse, uh, this particular passage found in that book, a little paragraph there. It says, in the professed Christian world, enough is spent for jewels and needless expensive dress to feed, and I want you to see this, all the hungry and to clothe all the naked. It's quite interesting because, you know, sometimes the plague spots of our hearts, God is going to show us. He's going to, He's going to reveal to us. And over here, and in First Peter chapter 3, we are going to look at that in a second. But over here, as you see it before you, you will notice that just in the Christian world, there is enough money to feed everybody, to clothe all the naked. Just in the Christian world. Uh, forget all the other billions of people living on this earth, but just in the Christian world, there's enough. In First Peter chapter 3, uh, and, I, and I'm, I will share a little bit more at the end, because... Uh, this will come a bit later. I don't need to share it right now. So I will stop sharing. First Peter chapter 3. If you are there, and I'd like you to go to verse 3. Uh, and then she, it talks about about wives, about ladies. And then here it says, and this is not only for ladies, it's for everybody. But I just want us to, I will apply this to ladies and I'll apply this to everybody in a second. So here, this is what it says. Women, let your adorning... Uh, Uh, Your adorning, not be the outward adorning of the plating of hair, of the wearing of gold, or putting on of clothes. But let it be, verse 4, the hidden man of the heart, which is not corruptible, uh, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. And here, pay attention. Which in the sight of God is of great price. Which in the sight of God is very precious. That's what other passages, other translations say. And I just want us to just pay attention to that because, you know, I've read that many, many times, but uh, recently I listened to uh, a pastor called uh, John Piper. Some of you may have heard of him. Some of you have listened to him. What he shared was so powerful. And I just thought, wow. And he just shared this. He was just looking, look at what is precious to God. Look at what uh, is of great price to him. The one who owns the universe, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who says, who speaks and it is who commands and it stands forth. He, the one who can say, if I was hungry, I would not ask you. I would have just all the cattle on the thousand hills of mine. All the gold and the silver is mine. That's the one who is saying this. Don't wear, don't, don't, your adorning. Your let it not be the plating of hair, the wearing of gold, of all putting of clothes, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. And that hidden man of the heart is precious to the king of the universe, is precious to the one who owns everything. That is precious to him. The one who owns everything still has something more precious that he values than the whole world that he has made. That's what that, that passage in scripture is saying. And we have missed that. And I don't know how we have missed that, but I have missed that. I have read that many times. I've gone through it. I just skimmed and gone through it and we have missed it so badly. And, and the reason I want to bring that up, it, it, not only for women, because this appears to goes to all of us, because we, we use our money so maybe wrongly. And this is just one way, okay? This is just one thing, one way, because there are lots of other things, commandments that we are not keeping, okay? And we want to talk about keeping the commandments, okay? Because talking about covetousness over here, sometimes we have been blessed with so many blessings and we use the blessings on ourselves instead of blessing other people. That's just one, okay? I'm just giving one. But this is one that is important. It's one that is brought out very clearly, and so what i want to want us to to take from it and to spend time from it is like what is what is our god what is really our idol where is it that we are we are making that you know making that decision oh should i should i not should i give everything or can i hold back a little and have a little of this world as well as be able to have heaven as well because that was the rich young ruler's thought he he went away sad finally re- realizing I can't have both, but I'd rather have the thing that I do have rather than have the treasure of heaven. In fact, Jesus himself. What I do want us to understand is this. When Jesus says, keep the commandments, he means it. And he means that the only way you can enter the kingdom of heaven when you keep the commandments, it is true. But it is only true when we are converted. When the idols of our heart is put all before him and says, Lord, this is what I am, do something. I can't do it. I can't love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. And I definitely don't love my neighbor as I love myself. Do something. When we come to that point, then we are in a converted state. Well, no, no, no. Then we know we need something. And when we come to Jesus and say, Lord, do something. And because you said you can create a new heart in me, and you said in Ezekiel 36, I'll give you a new heart. I'll take away the heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh. In Jeremiah, you said, I will put a new, I'll make a new covenant with them." I'll put my laws in their heart. Yeah, When you do that, Lord, now I'm a Christian. Now I am what I am saying I was all. Please do something because I cannot do it. We must come to that realization because if we don't, we are living. You know, last last quarter, we did all the covenants. And many times, and there was a passage in there which I didn't really agree with. One of them, it said, the old covenant is similar to the new covenant. And it's almost the same. I should have had it on the screen. I'm sorry, I don't have it. And it's almost the same. It's just a little bit different. And no, 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 no. It's completely different. The old covenant says all that God has said, we will do. The rich young ruler, yeah, all of this I did, not knowing there's a plague in my heart. The, 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 at Exodus, all the people said, yeah, everything you said two times, three times, sorry, three times they say in two passages of scripture, in Exodus 19, Exodus 24, all that you say, love, we will do. They were earnest, they were sincere but they couldn't do. Many times we go about life and think, okay, yeah, Lord, yep, yeah. this is what you said to eat. I'll do it. I'll do it. And it is me and we are not doing it. We are doing certain things, but the underlying things is not done. We still have idols. We still have something that is there. And God has to take away that. That is the point of that passage in scripture. That's the point. So when Jesus says you need to keep the commandments, he means it. But you're not going to be doing it on your own strength. There's no way. Because that is what love is. The love of God will keep the commandments of God. It's a fact. There's no other way of salvation. It's only because of Jesus and you live and because of your faith in him. Now now listen, now listen. Because of your faith in him, he lives in you by the Holy Spirit. He does the work. Your faith in him. So this is what the Bible says. If you don't know, you can go to um, is Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17. By faith, Christ dwells in our heart by faith. That's what the Bible says. Because you believe in Jesus, Christ dwells in our heart by faith. The Holy Spirit comes. That's the next verse. You will see it in Ephesians chapter 3, 17, 18, 19. You will find it there. No problem. Write it down. You will find it there. And exactly John chapter 1 verse 12, he says the exact same thing. As many as receive him. To those who believe upon him, to them, he he gave them power to be the sons of God, to receive him. When you believe on Jesus, you receive Jesus. Guess what? When Jesus lived on this earth, he lived a perfect life. He lived a holy life. He lived that life. He can now live in me, that holy life, because I have faith in him. When I have faith in him, he comes to dwell in me by the person of the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel. This is the great good news of the gospel because it's not about me. Because I know my mess. I know I'm not able. But is, I have a savior. I have a savior who is able to do what he says he can do and live in my life. And you know what? We fail. We sin. I have sinned since preaching this one the last maybe three weeks ago at my church. I have sinned. The only reason that we have sinned is not that we have to sin. Let's be clear: we don't have to sin. The only reason we sin is because we have chosen to keep our eyes away from Jesus that's the only reason that's the only reason we have chosen to sin we have fallen into sin not because uh, it was inevitable but even in that i thank you i thank that we I thank god that we have a savior like this even if we do sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous we praise god for him we truly praise god for him but let us understand as well the gospel is greater than what we think Sometimes we just think, yeah, Jesus forgives my sins, but he he needs to do something in me. He wants to do something. He wants to live in me. That's a new covenant. That's what Hebrews chapter 10 says. That's what Hebrews chapter 8 says. That's new. And the Spirit of God is saying, I will write my laws in there. That's his work. That's the work he wants to do. That's a spectacle to the universe. Because how can a selfish human being, the greatest miracle of all miracles is this? We've seen all of us, all of you here probably have seen miracles in your life. You've heard of miracles. You've seen God answer prayers and what he has done in people's lives and how he's protected them from different situations and all these things. But the greatest of all miracles, the greatest of all miracles is when he makes a sinner like me, a selfish human being, a proud human being like me, and make me meek and lowly and heart like Jesus. Oh, that's the miracle of all miracles. That's the gospel. That's the, that's the savior I need. I hope it's the savior you need. And you know, you might be thinking and saying to me, Russell, you have no idea what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And that is correct. I have no idea what you're going through. I have no idea what you're going through. You might say like you're, you're struggling with different things in your life and you have had a bad experience in your life, growing up, whatever it is. And then, you know, many times because of the experiences in our life, we have what I like to call crutches. Right. You know, crutches, crutches are for people who can't walk properly. Right, We put our weight on it and then we're able to still walk, I guess, do something. If you have twisted an ankle, done something, we use crutches. God, when he, uh, when, he try, when He heals us, he doesn't want us to wear crutches. Some of the crutches are these for us in our life. Some of our crutches are our reputation. Some of our crutches are so valuable to us that the rich rich ruler is uh, maybe, maybe I need to be in control. Maybe for some of us, Uh, those uh, these even even pride is because i've been abandoned in the past because i have no worth in the past you know all these things that we that we we hold on to which are not good things they're just crutches for us to try to navigate through life you know all of these things that we go through that we use as crutches jesus wants to take away but again then you might say to me you know what i've gone through all these experiences all alone i've been alone i've been abandoned these are the thoughts that I've gone through in my life. And this is the only way that I know to deal with it. And that's the point. Because that's the only way you know to deal with it. The Savior came to this earth to go through those things so that he can help you deal with it without the crutches. To take away your crutches and to make you whole, to make me whole. That's the gospel. He came to heal me and set me free. Luke chapter 4 verse 18, that's what he says. That's why he came. He to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. That's what he's, the, the purpose of his, of his work. He's quoting Isaiah and he's doing that. And what I do want to share with you is I, as I, as I share just a little bit and I'm done, I just want to share my screen just because this is something that we miss. You know, when Jesus came to this earth, he didn't, he came as a man. He was tempted. The Bible says in all points, like as we are yet without sin, that's what the Bible says so that he could Help us who are suffering when we are tempted. These are the temptations that we go to. These are the thoughts that we have. These are the thoughts. You can look on the screen. It's supposed to say I apostrophe. I'm alone. I'm not loved. I'm abandoned. I need to be in control. I'm not important. These are some of the thoughts that we have. These are the struggles that we have. Uh, I need to trust in my own strength and wisdom. I need to be in control. I've read that before. You know, Jesus went through similar things. Jesus was tempted similarly. He went through, experienced certain things on purpose for you and and me. For example, he he was a refugee. Today, we have a lot of refugees, even in Australia, all all around the world. He was a refugee as a child. He knows what it means to be, you can't be in in your own home, in your own country. He he was uh, betrayed by a kiss. He was sold for a price of a slave. He was rejected, he was alone. He was abandoned by his disciples in the garden. He was betrayed by one of his disciples. He was unfairly treated. He was arrested. He was spat upon, abused physically, mentally, emotionally, verbally, and by those people who should have been protecting him. You know, some of us have gone through lots of bad experiences, lots of, even as a kid, and people who should have been blessing us and taking care of us are the ones who have abused us and then we have no other way of dealing with it and so we have found a normal way a way which maybe the, the only way we could find to protect ourselves and that's natural that's fair but i just want to say jesus went through those things on purpose so that he could identify with us those on purpose because it was prophesied 700 years ago 1000 years ago this is what he's going to go through on purpose so that he can identify with us so that we can give him our heart so that he can do some healing same with the rich young ruler maybe he needs deeper healing what about simon uh, simon peter what healing did he need jesus said to him so many times and, and peter said oh he was he was sincere i will never deny you or even if i even if you go to jail i'll go with you i'll die with you but he didn't know what was the real cause of his life he didn't know what was he really saying He didn't know what was the emotions, the intents of the heart, the plague spot of his own character. Didn't know. And why that plague spot was there. Here we are talking about why it's there sometimes. Sometimes it's there because of what has happened to us as well in the past. But God wants to heal us. Jesus wants to heal us. And he has gone through those experiences so that he can be a helper to those who are tempted. To those who are are trying to protect themselves. Those who are, are trying to do what in their own selves they can't do. Um we've I have done this at my church, and I, I'll encourage you in a second, I'll show you where this is from. Um, it just talks about the negative thoughts giving rise to negative feelings on the right hand side, giving rise to negative behavior. We we normally we normally focus on the sin and we focus on the the fruit. What I what we want to do, what we need to do, is we need to focus on the root. And the root is the thoughts. And so You can see some thoughts. I don't know how clear it is. I'm sorry, but you can see some thoughts on the left-hand side and things that, like we just shared, I'm alone, I'm abandoned, I need to be in control. There are many more. I'm a failure and there are, I can't trust anyone, all kinds of things because of the experiences that we've had and maybe even some of the sins that we have done. I'm useless. I I cannot be forgiven. You know, all kinds of things. On the right-hand side is is the place where Jesus has gone through the similar temptations. And he was was faced with the same experiences that we faced on purpose, like I said, so that he can be our helper. So this is a prayer, and I don't have the time to go through it, um, but it is just found from this book called The Hidden Half of the Gospel. I don't know if you've seen it before, Hidden Half of the Gospel. Uh, It's by a pastor, Pastor Paul Koneff. He's um, he's, um, a minister he used to be at andrews for a little bit now he's just moved um he was not ministering at andrews but he was teaching that to our as one of the the, the courses for our mdiv um, mdiv students and so those taking theology and so he was sharing this on the healing that god brings needs to bring in our own heart first to set us free set us free from the root from the fruit because we just focus on the fruit we need to go to the root you need to go to the things that are they really struggling with us that we are really struggling with. So I would really encourage people to go through this book. It's an excellent book. Uh, It's something that has been a real blessing for my soul. Um, And and just to go through the root of the matter. Um, There are lots of stories that he shares. He just shares through stories um, and people's lives and how Jesus is suffering, how he's gone through that so that we may receive from him. You know why he's gone through it? So I said, receive, we don't make it anything we receive from him. Remember Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, John chapter 1, verse 12. We receive from him. We receive from him his purity, his humility, his his strength, his courage, his whatever I need, I receive from him. His self-sacrifice, whatever it may be, I receive. I don't make, I have no strength to make, but I receive from him. That's the gospel. That is what the gospel is all about. I love the fact that the burden is not on me. The burden is on a savior who can handle it. He can set me free. He can live in me. That's the gospel. I love it. This is where you can find it. You can see it online. Uh, I can send that link to you guys later as well. Won't be a problem. Um, You can find this for yourself. You can look at it. You can study. You can watch it. Spend some time on it. It's such a blessing for me. It has helped me so much. Talks about anger. Talks about all kinds of things. People have been abused physically, sexually, all kinds of mess. And there are stories that he shares and how this, has helped people. how this has helped people to, to recognize that there is a savior who's gone through those same things for them. And then now he wants to give him his healing and he wants to set them free. He wants to live in them. I love it. And I, I will encourage you spend the time. I will send the link again, not a problem. Um, and please speak. There are like five, six videos. This was done. And the, the, um, what you can see that that was done in in heartland um the video that, that one. but there are uh, the, the bottom one which is in red that's his website there are six there are a few videos over there part one part two of it's called the hidden half of the gospel because we miss the hidden half of the gospel it's called straight to the heart the hidden half of the gospel if you go through it there are quite a few videos over there you will be really blessed you you will see uh, how what to deal with how do we deal with judgment with shame with guilt like, you know when we deal with those kinds of things but our own self, because sometimes we, we feel guilty and we're like, oh, this is hopeless. I'll just do it anyway. But they started we looking at the fruit. But the, the root was, is hopeless. I, I've sinned before. I can't be forgiven. Jesus felt that. Jesus was tempted with that. He was tempted with it's useless. Don't, don't, don't die for these people. What's the point? Look, all of your, all the nation that you came for. Look, they're not, they're not with you. The ones that the closest ones to you all have disappeared. One of them is betraying you with a kiss, and the other one is denying you three times with foul language. Why are you doing this? What's the purpose of doing this? It's useless, it's hopeless. He was tempted like you and I are tempted. What a savior! What a savior we have when he can experience what we have experienced as yet be perfect and be our savior to help us. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18. I would just encourage you, please have a look at that. Spend some time. You know, this is the gospel. This is what I I really, I'm so grateful to God about. The fact that it's not on me anymore, but I have a savior who will live in me and he can do this in my life. He can set me free. He can bring healing in my life, in my heart. It's really set me free to help me forgive people, to do whatever it is, not help me, to, to receive his forgiving spirit for people. Beautiful. It's not on me anymore i just encourage you. When Jesus says, keep the commandments, he means it. But he means that he dwells in you. He will keep his commandments by his spirit. He just needs your choice. He just needs your surrender. The hard part about this is, is two things. One, we don't like to look at our, um, the faults of our life. We don't like to look at it. And we don't like to deal with the pain. And there are a lot of pain sometimes which we are going through and we kind of just push it aside and just try to, Focus and try to do our stuff. But to actually deal with it, it, it is painful. And so, but God is inviting us. Come, He come and He will heal and He will set free. So I just as we close, I just um you know, just want to encourage you, please spend some time. What are the pains in your heart? What are the things that you are going through? Think about those, lift it to Him, be honest with Him. As you spend some time looking at the hidden half of the gospel, I know it'll be a blessing for you. Just spend some time. Going through it, applying it in your life. Um, if you, if if someone wants to be prayed with, it's it's a prayer and a discipleship ministry. If someone would like a prayer. I can always find somebody. If it's a, it's a lady, I can find a lady to to pray with, with someone. And you don't have to even tell you all your your stuff. It's just what you the thoughts that you're tempted, and you can see how close Jesus comes to us. Not only really close, He is in us, even willing to go. I love it. Please, I will encourage you. <laughs> spend time and that's why the bible says that's what the mind says um it'll be good for us to spend a thoughtful hour on the life of christ especially the closing scenes yeah that's why it is such a blessing it says it brings healing okay i will just close uh with a word of prayer um and just if you can bow your head with me that would be great father thank you so much for a savior and especially for the times we are living in what we know we are we are helpless and we just thank you that we have a Savior. We thank you that He has come to this earth. He knows what it means to be tempted, to suffer being tempted, and yet without sin, pure, holy, spotless. Thank you, Lord, for our perfect Savior. Thank you that He died as a sacrifice for us. Not only that, that He can be our helper. He is our High Priest, helping us right now, Lord. Thank you so much that we have a Savior. The onus, the burden, is not on me. Is not on any one of us. we thank you if you have taken that burden to set us free and you are able to do exactly what you said you are able to do Lord thank you Lord I pray for all of us here I pray for all the members of Congo Church uh, for the young people um, for the older amongst us for those of newly Christian for those who have been Christians all their life Uh, Lord I just pray that we may truly truly know a savior like this thank you Lord that you set us free that you are so amazing you're willing to do these things in our heart and in our lives. Please, we, we give you permission. Take our hearts, but Please take our hearts. Do this healing. Uh, keep us faithful. Keep us, make, make us willing to just walk with you, to deal with the stuff that we have to deal with. And Lord, though it's painful, we're just so thankful that you will walk with us and that you can set us free. We are so grateful to Jesus and so grateful to you. Lord, as we go about the rest of the Sabbath, May you please lead us. May you please guide us. Um, may our hearts be softened to follow Jesus wherever He goes. That we may be part of those 144,000 that follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Thank you so much for for your faithfulness. Be with us throughout this Sabbath day. We pray. For we ask this and thank you in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Russell. We appreciate your. Your message. Anyone have any questions or any statements you want to make to, to Russell or to the group? Uh, you're welcome to do that now. I always leave a little bit of time for that. Um, so anyone want to say anything? Uh, if they, you don't mind, I might ask you a question, Russell. Is it you okay with that? Yeah. Okay. So it's open. We'll give you a bit of time. Uh, Russell just thank you again for um, sharing the story of the rich young ruler and the insights you brought out of that. Just a quick question on that first part of selling everything. Maybe my question comes from a different uh, perspective, but nevertheless, it has entered my mind and I I just want to ask it quickly, don't have to spend a long time on it, Um, do you think it's time for us as Christians to sell up what we have in the cities and, and leave the cities?
1: Is that for me or is that for someone else to answer the question?
0: It doesn't matter, Russell. So you can, if you want to.
1: Look, um, I have, I have another sermon that I'm preparing, and uh, I don't know if it's not yet time. I I haven't got the green light from above to share that yet. So I have to do a little bit of study before I I do share that with people. Um, I, as I, as, as I see it right now, I can be honest as I see it right now. Yeah. I think what Charles, what you're sharing is, is true. Um, I can, you can see what's happening with the mandates that are going on. The You can't do this. You can't do that. If you take away, we know what the mark of the beast is, is it's the enforcement of the Sunday law. It has nothing to do with, with the mandates right now, in some sense, but in some sense it is everything to do with the mandates right now, because the same thing. You can write this exact. You can read Revelation thirteen, the last few verses. You can read the same thing and just put the mandates right now in there. It's exact same principle. Exact same principle. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what I would say, this is the first step. In the last step is is what is going to come as the Sunday letter. So the first step is what is happening right now. So if we as a people don't see it and we don't tell the world, I think there's something really wrong with us because we should be the one giving the first angel, the second, the third angel's message. The third angel message is this right don't receive the mark of the beast right but what is the mark of the beast you will be he will force everyone right you will cause everyone to receive the mark of the beast force coercion that's not the way of god god never forces it does give us a choice that's the way of god if we are sharing the third angel's message we need to share that's the that's the government of god this is the way he deals with life how did he deal with Satan? He could have just crushed him, finished him. That's it, done. But he gave people, he gave the, the the angels above a chance to think and to to go through these things, and they had doubts all the way till the cross, four thousand years. Then they were like, oh yeah, that's it. He was alive in the beginning. And for us as well, as we are making decisions, I think, uh, yes, I think we should be planning, we should be uh, doing this, and we should be urgent. We should be urgent. I myself. I am looking into these things um, because yeah, you're right completely. One day we will not be allowed to, to buy and sell and then our assets will be useless. So it would be a good thing to start there because as the prophet says in in the, there is, the time is coming when it will be good for us to have a place to grow your own fruits and veggies because the problem of buying and selling, she says, will be a serious one. So there is a need to grow stuff for a little time at least because that's the little time of Jacob's trouble. Sorry, sir. there's a little time of trouble. The greater time of trouble is Jacob's trouble when the debt decree comes. That's when people will have to go to the mountains, sell everything, I mean, not selling anything, going to the mountains, and then the Bible says your bread and water will be sure, Isaiah chapter 33. So yes, I do agree with that question. Um, I don't know what people thinking are. I don't know where you guys are at, but that's the honest answer that that's where I am. Can I
0: just make a comment to them? Um, with your story with the rich young ruler like when I read it I was reading a really good book by Dietrich Bonhoeffer and he said the problem with the rich young ruler was not the riches it was the attachment to the riches the attachment to the riches was greater than the attachment that he had to the God who gave him those riches and so I think for all of us I mean you know we look at the times that we're living in but unless God really speaks to you and says, okay, this is the time to go, you don't go. You attach yourself to the God first. That's just me.
1: I agree completely, definitely. And 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 I think and that that's why I I that's why I did the hidden half. Because we need that kind of we need to know a God like that. We do we need, do I want to give him my everything? And because he has given his everything, I am like, yeah, you know what, Lord? whatever, whatever sinful heart I have, please take it, make it yours, do whatever you need to do. Cause I, I see a savior who's willing to do everything for me. That's so why I love that the hidden half of the gospel, because unless I come to that point, now this is the pro- This is the pro- point, right? The problem was the rich young ruler wanted a blessing. The blessing was Jesus wanted to give him a blessing. And the blessing was he wanted to give him was himself, the greatest blessing. That was the real blessing, right? Come, leave everything, come follow me. That's the blessing. To be in Jesus' presence, that's the greatest blessing. But he didn't want that. And sometimes we want the gifts instead of the giver of the gifts. That's the problem. That's, That's the thing. And I'm not saying to anyone, like, leave tomorrow, or do everything. No, I'm not saying that. Ellen White says very clearly, you know, first, that's why the preparation, that's the first preparation, right? We need to know our heart is good with him. That's the first preparation. Once that is done, he will impress us. My sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. That's the that's so we need to be his sheep first. That's the first thing. The rest he will lead. But this is as I read spirit of prophecy, I can see these things, and I would encourage people that's that's make this your first preparation. Once that is done, once you are right with him, he will show you the next step and the next step, and he's faithful. Uh and the reason I you are doing the book of Revelation, I think, on Mondays. Yeah, if you the reason why he's given us prophecy, Peter tells us, is is so that it's a light that shines in a dark place. The, the light shining in a dark place is to show us for the next step, whether it will be where we put our next step. So it will be a safe step. So we don't fall. Russell,
0: Russell, I think also uh, there's certain, like you said, I agree with you with the um, preparation needs to be, uh, done first, the relationship with God, the connection, so we can hear His voice. Uh, but there's motives too. If if, mm. if if it's self-preservation, then it's a wrong motive. It will fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a call of God for a specific reason, and He and and God is personal. He may cause someone to do something and another not to, because He knows what work He has for them. Uh, self-preservation is not the right motive. Uh, I think hearing God's call is the right motive. So no one can, no one knows anyone's motive here, but I'm just saying that we need to ask ourselves a question. Is it for self-preservation or is it because it's time God has called me to do A, B, or C? Um, some, some people may be martyrs. Some people won't. If you look at the apostles, some were martyrs. Uh, most of them were actually, but the apostle John wasn't. He was on the Isle of Patmos. He was an exile, but he was—he he didn't, his life wasn't given. So our God's personal. Our call is personal. Our witness is personal. And I think, you know, that's something that every individual must get right. And I agree with what you said. Get that right. I'm glad you said that. Get the relationship right with God first, and then you can hear his voice. Anyone else got any questions or statements?
1: Can I just, can I yeah? just share on that? just quickly and then yeah if anyone has i'm happy to and just you know there's a book um and just because we're talking about moving to the country and stuff like that uh, there is a book called another ark to build and i don't know if you've read it it's written by um i need his name i can't forget anyway uh, it's written by one of uh uh, he's passed away now another ark to build so just like noah built an ark think about this um when 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 God called Noah to preach to the world for 120 years, there are lots of people there on this earth. When he told them to preach to the world, he, he didn't only say preach, but he also asked him to build an ark. Now, the reason he asked him to build an ark was not only for himself. Uh, that makes sense? Because yeah. God also asked him to bring food for the animals, to bring food for not only for himself, but for the animals and for... For others, hopefully, who would have come. Sadly, only his family came. And this is the point. The ark that we are building, that God is calling us to build in the countryside, is not only, and that's for motivation. I want to speak to motivation. That's why I'm going. It's for, because every time, Enoch, Enoch would do the same thing. You can read this in, in Patriarchs and Prophets. Enoch would offer from the country, he would go to the city. And she says, every time he went, he came back, he brought somebody with him. So that's the purpose. The purpose yeah. is to bring somebody here to the place where we are. So it's not just for ourselves and it's not yeah. just preparation for the food that I need for the, because people will have to know that message. They mm. will not be allowed to buy and sell. They will have to do something. Mm. They will come. And, and that's the reason, that's the motivation that we should be having for we are doing what we are doing. Yeah. And secondly, not all of us may have the money. Not all of us may be able to do that, but you know the same spirit that was in Pentecost then will have to be the same spirit if Jesus is coming back again, because the latter end will fall. And if I remember correctly, reading my Bible back then, what happened was they sold everything; no one had more, no one had less. If we are truly Christian and filled with the Spirit right now in the times we are living in, or or however the Lord is leading, we will have to work together, Hmm. because some of us will have money, some of us will have money, some of us be able to do something else. You will have to really consider those things carefully and really, because if you are truly Christian that spirit, which was there, which is even more now to be in his people. you know. I really want us to consider those things as we are thinking. And again, don't run tomorrow. I'm not saying going tomorrow, but I am saying as you see these things, there is a preparation with him and, 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 and other preparations too that he's, God is asking his people uh, to make. And, and again, the prophet, spirit prophet prophecy says, why? Go live as kings and queens and bring people to that place as well. So that's just my thoughts on it but yeah yeah, yeah and that's
0: really that's thoughts good thoughts. and that's that's a motive that's a good motive so that's all I, you know to, to search a motive because sometimes we can just say i want to go because i got to go but then we haven't really prayed about or thought it through but yeah that would be the motive uh to make it you know to make it not only for yourself but for others as well exactly. god bless you um russell and we 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 thank you that you gave us your time um Anyone else have anything to say? I don't want to just close it. Anyone else got anything to say? I just want to say thank you. That was a, a very good message. And you have very, uh, to me, you have very sound theology. And and um, your choice of books is really good. I'm looking forward to buying both. <laughs> it was a really good sermon, Russell. Thank you. I appreciated that very, very much, Russell. God bless.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. Okay. you. God bless you you share. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you for the engagement as well. I I always enjoy when people share a little bit here and there. So I just enjoy that. It's just, I I don't want people sleeping when I'm speaking. So so I'm just grateful that you guys were willing to share and, you know, spend some time together. I, I pray, I really hope again, I really hope that you would take the time to go to the website, do that again. I really encourage you. It has such been such a blessing for me. And I know it will be a blessing for you guys. Yeah. Blessings.